Thanks for listening to the Bun to Christ Ministries podcast. We hope that you were blessed. Feel free to visit our website at buntochrist.com for more content and information. Also, feel free to contact us at buntochrist70 at gmail.com with your prayer requests or any questions you may have. May God richly bless you, and we'll see you next time. The song I'm going to sing tonight is called By Faith. By faith we see the hand of God In the light of creation's grand design In the light of those who prove his faithfulness who walk by faith and not by sight. By faith the fathers rolled the earth with the power of his promise in their hearts of a holy city built by God's own hand. A place where peace and justice reign. We will stand as children of the promise. We will fix our lives on him or so. We will kill the racist in a shambles. is done. We walk by faith and not by sight. By faith the prophets saw a day. When the longed for Messiah would appear. With a power to break the chains of sin and death. And rise triumphant from the grave. By faith the church was called to go. In the power of the Spirit to the Lord. To deliver captives and to preach good news. To every corner of the earth. Oh, we will stand as children of the promise. We will fix our lives on him. Oh, so we will till the race is finished and the work is done. We walk by faith and not by sight. By faith this mountain shall be moved. And the power of the gospel shall prevail. For we know in Christ all things are possible. For all who call upon his name, oh, we will stand as children of the promise. 
We will fix our eyes on him, our soul's reward, till the race is finished and the work is done. We walk by faith and not by sight. We'll walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Amen. What a powerful song. We will walk by faith and not by sight. We give God praise. We give God praise. Thank you, Sister Charlene, for that powerful song. And we give God praise. At this time, I'm going to be inviting Brother Patrick to the prayer line. I know I'll give him a few seconds, minutes, but we want to say Happy Sabbath to Brother Patrick. Welcome to the prayer line, Brother Patrick. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Sister Alicia. Happy Sabbath to everyone. God is truly an awesome God, and I'm praising him and thanking him that we walk by faith and not by sight, and that's what we need to do. That's what we ought to do. So I'm praising the Lord. I'm thanking him for this week, a tiring and still an awesome week, knowing that the Lord is with us and he has carried us. You know, we team up with a lot of different countries. We did a program with um, St. Lucia. And I was told a lot of people are watching on Facebook that a great number of people is what we're watching and we're praising the Lord that the word is spreading. So very soon we have different countries. We heard Brother Rice from Australia. There's different countries where we'll be setting up to reap souls for Christ. Not just setting up as button to Christ, but as Adventists, bring people for the, to the Sabbath truth. So we're just praising God and exalting his name. So tonight we are going to be blessed again by our dear sister from St. Lucia, because that's what we're doing. We're teaming up with different individuals to bring the word and to bring their testimonies so that we can be blessed and we can be we can reach many souls in different countries, and we're thanking the Lord for Sister Anita and her husband Kirby in St. Lucia, and they have been ministering and testifying you know, about the goodness of the Lord. I want to welcome her tonight as she'll be sharing with us tonight as we are going to different countries at different times just to hear what's going on. So, Sister Anita, could you unmute your phone? Just ask you a few questions before you start. Sister Anita, are you there? Good evening. Happy Sabbath. Praise the Lord. We want to make sure we're hearing you clearly. Last time it was like 80%. So we're hoping it's 110%. Yeah, we're hoping it's 110%. Yeah, yeah, praise God. So, and we're not going to be afraid to stop you if we're not hearing clearly. <laughs> so, so 
So anyway, no watch, <laughs> amen, watch the temperature there in St. Lucia. Um, what is the temperature like in St. Lucia? I think it would be around 76 degrees, about that. But that's Fahrenheit. To there, to be correct. So that's, that's Fahrenheit. Okay, yeah, so that's Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. Yeah, Fahrenheit. 28 degrees Celsius, it would be. Okay, well, when I asked the temperature, I was asking about the spiritual temperature, though. Well, you started to <laughs> tell me about the physical <laughs> temperature. <laughs> <laughs> the, the so what, what's the spiritual, spiritual temperature, temperature there? Now. I would say lukewarm. <laughs> lukewarm. lukewarm. Um, I think a lot of we we actually got a second wave of um, COVID nineteen, so there is a yeah. bit of um, apprehension, a, a bit of fear on island right now. Um, many more persons are, are um, I guess, um, being infected, and um, so the authorities are moving with greater um force in implementing the protocols and ensuring that people comply uh, a lot of our churches actually um they feel like they're in the last days because um we have health officials visiting churches um at any point in time some have received letters for non-compliance and some are even threatened um that they can close down their worship services if everybody don't comply and so a lot of people are, are they they feel like it's all it's really the end of time um and um so i would say the spiritual temperature for some it's it's nothing seems to phase them out nothing seems to be awakening or revival or reformation in in their spiritual lives for some of us we're seeing the signs and god is just pointing us to uh, come up higher to to you know seek his spirit seek his face so that we can be empowered in these last days that we will walk like sister Charlene said we will walk by faith you know we will not fear we will not doubt but we will take him at his word and so we're just grateful grateful for the goodness of the lord and and for his mercies and that's the most important Amen. thing because we're alive tonight we're it's a small island um everyone knows everyone and you you're if you have to do contact tracing almost everybody in some way somehow would have gotten in contact with those who have been infected but god is the god who protects his children and ensures that he fulfills his word and his promises so we're grateful to god amen and what's the population there we have about a hundred and eighty about a hundred and eighty thousand people on island okay praise god you said the temperature is lukewarm do you think it's contagious it, it 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 is because um we see it even among our leaders i'll be very frank and very open um, we see it among our leaders, a lot of the church members who, ha who have, I have spoken to, um, when, they, when we interact and we speak, what they often say is that given the time that we are living in, 
the signs that we are seeing, they would go into church hoping for a powerful, you know, message from the Lord, a message of to awaken revival and reformation, a message to empower them. And they go there and it's pretty much uh, comedy, pretty much uh, watered down messages that are really not for this time. And so it, it, it stems from the top and goes all the way, trickles down to the to the bottom and I you know it's sad when people don't seek the Lord for themselves and so we if we go to church waiting on the leaders the pastors the elders to to feed us we're not going to be fed and so we're encouraging people to to take God's word and and spend time with him read his word let his spirit minister to us wherever we are because that spirit is available, God's spirit is available to teach us and to edify us and to prepare us to stand in these last days. Okay, one final question. Um, how can you start a fire down there? What do you need to start the fire? Um, do you need, can you start a fire? Who can start a fire? What do you need? Do you need... Um, gasoline, kerosene, what do you think you need to start a fire? Is it possible to start a fire? Spiritual it fire. It is possible to start a fire. Yes, I know. <laughs> it is possible to start a fire, Brother Patrick, but it must. it is a fire that can only uh, be started or ignited when we begin to see Jesus in the life of his people and um, in the lives of his people, because we have a lot of, I go to church, I, I, I am a Christian, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist, and Brother Patrick, we encounter so many Adventists who do not represent the character of Jesus Christ. Um, we have people who are non-Christian, and they are more humble, they are more loving, they are more patient, and so in terms of representing Christ to the world around us, there is no fire. There is not even um, a, a, a sense of, of awe that, wow, we want to be like these people. And so we, to ignite that fire, we must be a witness of, of, of that power, that presence of Christ being in our lives. And I believe when people begin to see the change in us, people begin to see us not just as hearers of the word, but as doers of the word, that alone would draw them to want of that fire so that it can burn also in their lives. Okay, my sister, thank you so much. You can start the fire tonight and those who are listening. In Jesus' name, go ahead. Amen, amen. And you can hear me clearly, Brother Patrick? Yes, yes, praise the Lord. Okay, praise the Lord. Good evening and happy Sabbath, brothers and sisters joining from all across the globe. It is a great privilege to be in the land of believing, and I know that many persons have gone through a lot. We thank those who shared this evening their testimonies, their praise, and their thanks to the Lord. Um, beloved, we are truly living in last in the last days. And we can only make it through by having a true and deep relationship with God. And so this evening, 
Um, the word I'm going to share is from Luke chapter 7 and Matthew chapter 8. And I have captioned it, only speak a word. And before I begin, shall we all bow our heads as I pray. Father in heaven, we thank you, mighty God, because you are good, you are faithful, you are loving, you are merciful unto us, your children. We thank you for this Sabbath day, and we thank you for your goodness towards us that never ends. Lord, as we come before you, we ask that you would empty us all of self, of sin, that your word would find its way into our hearts, and that word would transform us into your likeness. We pray, dear God, that you would allow your son to be seen, to be heard tonight. Hide me behind the cross. Speak through me, O oh God, the word that you want heard tonight. And I pray that when all is said and done, that you would be glorified, you would be exalted. We praise you. We thank you on this blessed Sabbath day, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have your Bible near you, I would like you to turn to Luke chapter 7, and we're going to consider verses 1 to 6. Luke chapter 7, verses 1 to 6. And this is a very interesting passage of Scripture. And verse 1 says, Now, when he had ended all his sayings in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum. And a certain centurion servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. Verse 3 says, And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying, that he was worthy for whom he should do this. For he loveth our nation, and he hath built us a synagogue. And verse 6 says, Then Jesus went with them, and when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. And continuing on uh, the same story, we go to Matthew chapter 8, and we're considering verses 8 to 13. Verse 8 says, The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another, Come. And he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he doeth it. Verse 10 says, When Jesus heard it, he marveled, and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you, that many shall come from the east and west, 
and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. And verse 13 says, And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the self-same hour. I say praise God. And so, beloved, as you ponder on these, um, this passage of Scripture, it is important to note that Jesus had just come down from the mountaintop where he has delivered the, his famous sermon on the mount. Throngs of people, imagine the scene, throngs of people followed him as he entered into the city of Capernaum. It was there that he met with the Jewish leaders. They had something very special to ask Jesus, and they needed him to do something important for them. Now, this is very interesting. Why would the Jewish leaders approach Jesus with such urgency? There was a Roman soldier, a centurion, who needed Jesus' assistance. Now, the elders did not really like Jesus. We must establish that fact. They did not really like Jesus. But because of this centurion, because he was so important and powerful, they now approached Jesus. Not only that, but he had also done many good works, as we saw in the passage, for the Jews. They decided to swallow their pride for a moment and asked Jesus to help this man in order that they may keep him in, on, on their good side. And so they, they asked Jesus to go with them and heal this centurion servant. They wanted Jesus to know that this man was not a waste of his time, that this man was worthy. He was the kind of guy you would like to do a favor for. They publicized or published his credentials to Jesus, saying, He has been good to our nation, Jesus. He has built us a synagogue. Can't you see? He gives us money, and he fights for religious liberty. He's always there when we need him. They inadvertently told Jesus that he had to help this man because this man deserved his help. Jesus, though, seeing their hearts, understanding their thoughts, he agrees and he goes with them. And the Bible says that Jesus was not too far from the centurion's house when the centurion does something incredible. He sees Jesus drawing near and sends out some of his friends to, to, to call to Jesus' attention and, and to convey to him a message. There was no need, he, he, he asked them to convey to Jesus, there was no need to come into his home, for he was unworthy. Beloved, this is interesting to me. There you have the leaders of the church, the leaders of Jesus' day. They are looking on the outward appearance of men, what this centurion had. And they're labeling him as worthy. But the centurion looks at himself and looks at who Jesus is. 
And he says, I am unworthy for you to even come under my roof. Beloved, isn't it a blessing to know that what God does for us is not contingent or dependent on who we are, what we have, or what we have done? What God does for us, brothers and sisters, is not dependent on how others feel about us. And I say glory to God for that. We should praise God tonight because our blessings, our godly favor, our anointing, our deliverance, our breakthrough, our miracles are not predicated on what others think about us, but they are based on who Jesus is. Listen to what Lamentations 3 verses 21 to 24 says. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. So the centurion says, Jesus, Jesus, I am not worthy for you to come into my house. I am not even worthy to be having this conversation with you. Haven't you been there at some point in your life? Now we see the discrepancy. As I said before, the elders had already declared that this centurion was worthy. They looked at what he had done, how much he gave, and thus declared him worthy. They believed what you did, what you gave, and they believed in what they saw, that that gave you a special standing with God. They forgot that the only thing that qualifies us for a blessing from God is our need. Hallelujah. There is nothing that can commend us to God except the merits of Jesus Christ. An important point that they missed out on. So let us not get confused. We are not worthy, no matter what we've done, how many good works, how many songs we've sung, how many testimonies we, we've given. There is nothing good that we can offer God. What we've paid, what we've returned to the Lord, what we've contributed in our offerings and our thanksgiving offerings, no matter what we've given, we are not worthy. So the centurion, with all his power and all his money, and with all of the church folk liking him, he knew he was unworthy. Therefore, he made Jesus a proposition. He said, look, Jesus, I am a man under authority. I have people under me, Jesus. And I know that you know how this works. I can tell one to go, and he goes. He obeys immediately. I can tell another to come, and he comes. I can say to one, do this, and he does it right away. And now, if I, unworthy as I am, can do this, all this, then I know that you have 
to all, that all you have to do is to just speak a word. Beloved, this man's faith is deep. The kind of faith that you and I need tonight. He says, see Jesus, I know if you tell disease to go, it will go. Hallelujah. I know if you tell angels to come now, that they will come. I know if you say, be healed, it is done. Only speak a word. And this takes me to a, a, a situation that I encountered when I was a teacher many years ago at one of our Adventist schools. I recall that it was a, a week of prayer. And the final um, prayer day, or the, the, the last day of the, the, the week of prayer, was taking place. It was just around the, um, the, the, the explosion of the um, trade towers. That was 9-11. And so as the preacher was making his altar call, I could recall there was a young man who was demon-possessed in the auditorium where all the students and the teachers were gathered. And as the preacher was preaching a powerful message of revival for, for, for the students and teachers to, to give their lives to Jesus afresh, to repent of their sins, I remembered that this young man possessed with a devil began to disturb the altar call. I saw students whom the message was piercing their hearts. The word of God was, 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 was bringing forth fruit of repentance. But the enemy of souls was present in that place. And as I looked on, I saw the havoc he was creating. And so I stood there. No one would calm him down. No one seemed to pull him out of the auditorium. And a thought came to my mind. Why don't you command that demon to stop immediately in the name of Jesus. And I heard myself say, if I were to just shout out loud to that demon, everyone would look at me and think that I was crazy. And then the Spirit of the Lord said, listen, all you have to do is just whisper. And that whisper would be amplified in the spiritual realm. And it would be so loud once it is a command based on the word of God in the name of Jesus and given by faith. And so I recalled just a whisper. I said, you foul spirit in the name of Jesus Christ, shut up and sit down. This young man, to my surprise, gave a scream in the auditorium. And then he plumped down in his seat, and he was quiet. The altar call continued. Students came to the front and gave their lives to Jesus. The service ended, and we all returned to our classrooms. An hour or so later, that young man's teacher came around my class, and she was asking if I had seen the young man. And they said he, didn't re he, he was not in the class, and they had been searching around the school. And right away, I remembered the command that I had given. And I said, have you checked the auditorium? And she said, no. And I said, well, let's go check the auditorium. 
And I was such a young person then, but I saw the power of the word of God. And beloved, when we got to that auditorium, I saw that young man seated the very same place where I had commanded he, that demon to shut up and sit down. He did not move. He was the very same place. Now, you might be wondering, why am I bringing up this story? What I would like us to take from it is that if I, being so unworthy, could by faith believe the word of God and take authority over that demon in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, what about the unparalleled authority and power of God? We are to take God at his word, beloved, tonight. If he says, he shall supply all our needs according to his riches and glory, should we not believe and claim that word, beloved? If he says that he will, if we cast all our cares upon him, for he cares for us, should we not believe and claim that word? If he says, that he will cast our sins into the deepest parts of the ocean or as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered. Should we not believe and claim that word tonight? Oh, this centurion understood leadership and authority and submission. He had all this power and he told people to do things and they did them. He also said that he was a man under authority. Don't miss this point. This meant that he did not only give orders, but he also knew how to take orders. That meant when they told him to come, he came. When they told him to do this, he did it. Although he had lots of people under his authority, he had to submit to those above him. This was a man versed in submission and discipline. And even by the nature of his position, he could have commanded Jesus to come. But instead, he submitted himself to Christ. He surrendered and humbled himself before the Lord of the universe, our creator, our king. This man identified that there was no ordinary power, authority, and leadership in Christ. He identified that Jesus' authority was unparalleled to his. The question that puzzles me, brethren, tonight, is how did this centurion know the power that existed in Christ's words? How could this pagan know the words? The word of God, which said, by the word of God were the heavens made, and the host of them by the word of his mouth. How did he know that by his word the winds stopped their blowing, and the waves stopped their rolling? How did he know that by the word of Christ, death would flee, and the blinded eyes would see? How could he know? That sickness could be healed, would be healed, and furnaces would be chilled. How did he know that all Jesus had to do was speak a word and everything would be made right? 
Oh, I would like to borrow from the scriptures. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to him. For the Bible says that spiritual things are spiritually discerned. This was faith. This was a man who had such faith that he made Jesus marvel. It is recorded in the Bible that Jesus marveled two times. I want you to understand the gravity of the situation. This is the God of the universe. He sees everything. He made everything. So it has to take something extraordinary, very special to make Jesus marvel. The Bible says that he marveled at this man's faith. The other time in the Bible we read that God marveled, it's at the unbelief of Israel. Jesus says, I have not found this much faith. No, not in Israel. Don't be confused. There were some who had faith. There were many who were healed. Many who saw the power of God. Jesus oftentimes performed miracles and said, be it unto you according to your faith. So there was some semblance of faith in Israel. The dead were raised. Demons were cast out. The lame did walk again. The blinded eyes were opened. But beloved, Jesus sees something different in this centurion. He had a different kind of faith, if you may see. See, the people of Israel, they were always looking for a sign. They would say, I, I don't just want to hear. I want to see, and then I would believe. I need to see with my own eyes. They desired their own healing when they saw or heard about the healing of someone else. Oh, yes, they received every miracle and they sucked up every blessing, but they still rejected the Savior. They had faith for a while. As long as they could see Jesus, as long as he showed his power, they believed. But, oh, friends, this centurion, he did not need a sign. He did not need to witness a miracle. All he wanted from Jesus was for Jesus to speak a word because he understood the power needed for healing and deliverance was found in the word of Jesus. This is faith on a whole new level. This is believing God's word when there is no physical evidence. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's what Hebrew reminds us of. This is believing God's word when everything you see or hear seems contrary to that word. This is standing, beloved, on the word of God and allowing the power to take root in you, to transform your life despite any bad report or trying circumstance. God is looking for that kind of faith tonight. We are living in the last days, beloved, the last days of earth's history. The Bible says in John 14, 12 to 14, Verily, verily, I say unto you, hallelujah, he that believeth on me, the works that I do 
shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father, and whatsoever he shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If he shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for that word. We are preparing for the final crisis when all we will have left is the word of God. And we need to stand on that word. We've got to know that word, beloved. We've got to trust that word. During the times of peace and prosperity, the times of adversity and trial, we need to take God at his word. The Bible says there is no shadow of turning with him, for he is faithful. It is time that we believe God's word. That when he says he will do something powerful in these last days, we believe it, beloved. God is looking for a strong last day church. He is looking for a powerful people. He is ready to pour out the latter rain upon us so that we can glorify the Father in through the Son, that we can glorify him through the marvelous works that he wants to do through us. Oh, but God is having trouble finding a people who have a rock-solid faith to contain this thing that he's about to pour out. Enough faith to leave and believe and claim the word of God. The Jews could tell you about the law of God. They could quote scripture upon scripture. It took a heathen, a pagan, a Roman soldier to believe that God's word was not just scrolled, that his word was not just to be read in church, but that it still contained creative power, that this word was acting, living, and powerful. He understood that word. For thousands of years, people have been assembling on the seventh day of the week in honor of creation, celebrating the creative power of God. And I'm rounding up now. Every week, we come as commanded to commemorate the time when God stepped out on nothing and said, let there be, and there was. We get excited about how God's word worked in the time of creation. But I've come by tonight to remind us that God's word has not lost its power. He still speaks and it comes to pass. He still commands and it stands fast. Hebrews 1.3 says, He upholds all things by the words of his power. Notice it did not say by the power of his word. It says by the word of his power. That means that God expresses his power through his word. That is why God looked down on the mess of man. And though he could have used various means to redeem man, he sent his word. John 1.1 1, 1 says, in the beginning. 
hallelujah, was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among men. That word, oh, brothers and sisters, contained all that we needed for salvation, for life, and for righteousness. That word had healing power. That word had saving power. That word had forgiving power. That word had resurrection power. See, the words of God are containers. They contain God's power. Hallelujah. God said, let there be light. And the words contained all the elements needed to make light. His word propelled it at 186,000 miles per second. And after all these years, light has not slowed down yet. Scientists will concur that the universe continues to expand at the speed of light. Why, beloved? Because God commanded it. He sent forth his word. Let there be light. His words have not lost an ounce of power. Tonight I say hallelujah. It was Christ who said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. He said, my covenant I will not break. What are you going through tonight? Hear the word of God. No, no alter the word that come, do not alter the word that comes from my mouth. For as the rain comes down and snow from heaven and do not return, but water the earth and, and make it bring forth bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing for which it was sent. Praise the Lord. This centurion understood the timeless principle that when God sends his word, it cannot fail. It will not fail. <coughs> Excuse me. That is why his request was only speak the word. When Jesus walked the earth, he spoke to people and their problems were solved. <coughs> Excuse me. He spoke to the leper and he was healed. He spoke to Lazarus and he was raised from the dead. He spoke to the winds and the waves and they obeyed. <clears throat> he spoke to demons and they fled. Some of you may be saying, if only I had been there. If only Jesus could have spoken to me. If only he could have spoken to my situation. Then perhaps my life would be different. I want to submit to you tonight that Jesus has spoken to your life. He has spoken to your situation. That's why he has given you and I his word to reveal himself to us. Isaiah 5 verse 13 says, Therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge and their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. We are thirsty for the word. 
We are hungering for the word. So let us get into the word of God. Feed our minds on the word. God's people need knowledge of the word. We do not know what the word of God says because we do not study his word. We need to get into the pure, unadulterated, unwatered down word of God. We need to allow the word of God to get into our minds and change us. It is only the word that can change us into children of obedience. Romans 4.21 says, And being fully persuaded, what he has promised, he was able also to perform. 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4, chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 says, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these he might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Numbers 23 verse 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Have he said, and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken? And shall he not make it good? That's why the centurion said, Jesus, only speak a word. God's word is not just for that centurion. The word of God tonight is for all of us. That word is for your life and your situation tonight. If it is not according to the word of God, we reject it. But when God says it, let us believe it by faith. Some people are going through anxiety. Some people are going through mental anguish. Why? What does God say? Second Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Isaiah 26.3 says, he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let us say, Jesus, only speak a word like that centurion. Do you have doubts and financial burdens or debts and financial burdens? Philippians 4.19 says, my God shall supply all your needs, not some, all your needs according to his riches in glory. And Psalm 37, 25 says, I have been young. And soon I am saying I will be old. And yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Let us declare to the Lord tonight, Lord Jesus, only speak a word over my financial burdens tonight. Are you sick or diseased? Is your body racked with illness? That should not be your portion in the name of Jesus. Isaiah 53 says, For the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. James 5.15 says, The prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. Psalm 107 verse 20 says, He sent his word and healed them, and delivered them from their destruction. 
and we can go on and on tonight, beloved. Let us just, when we come to that place of temptation, of trial, of despair, let us say, Jesus, only speak a word, and I will believe it by faith. The Bible says that everything that you and I need for life, for healing, for joy, for peace, for righteousness, for deliverance, they are all found in the word. Don't get caught up in praying only for and claiming for the things that concern the temporal life. What we need, beloved, more than ever before is to pray for faith, a faith that holds onto the word of God for dear life, a faith that believes the promises of God, a faith that will not fail us, but we can take God at his word, believe his promises, and we can declare Jesus, just as that centurion did. I don't need to see. I, don't, I just need you to send forth that word. Just speak a word, and it shall be done in the name of Jesus Christ, your son. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Here you will find powerful messages from our ministry founder and president, Patrick Baker. You will also hear interviews and testimonies, all designed to encourage God's people to come higher in Christ Jesus and experience true power in Him. Join us every week on our prayer line every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. and Tuesday and Friday nights at 7.30 and 9 p.m. respectively. All times are Eastern Standard Time. And now, without further ado, sit back and enjoy the Button to Christ Ministries podcast.